Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. We have been studying about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to continue that here tonight. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Why I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And then Paul continues in that chapter, beginning to talk about the diversities of the gifts. But we've been laying a little bit of a foundation, just as Paul did, extrapolating from these verses and uh, trying to get an understanding of what Paul the Apostle was speaking to the church of Corinth before he began to deal with spiritual gifts. Father, we pray that you would touch our hearts and our minds tonight. Thank you for the spirit of the Lord that we already feel in this place, your anointing, your power, your glory. Minister to us through the word of the Lord here this evening. Let us learn. God, it is our hope. It is our prayer. It is the desire of the church. Just like your word says, desire the best gifts. It is our desire, Lord, to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, that the name of Jesus might be glorified, that brothers and sisters might be edified, and that the loss might be drawn unto you. We pray, God, help us to receive this, to operate in it. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. I am uh, thankful for the way that the Lord has been moving in our Sunday services and, and uh, just the prayer uh, before church on Sunday. Everybody say prayer and at 1045 uh, after Sunday school is shut down, etc. Uh, we're gathering in here and we're praying, touching the Lord. And then when the service begins, there is just such a uh, an incredible move of God. We're excited. We're thankful uh, for what the Lord is doing. I'm also uh, excited about our Wednesday night and the format that we have chosen to go with prayer before service. And I encourage you, I encourage you that if you know someone that is, um, that has cancer or that has a special need, I would like to see our the, the beginning of the service on Wednesday nights where uh, individuals would come. And the reason why I pinpoint that on Wednesday nights, because if you'll remember when the Lord walked into uh, Jarius's home and uh, was going to pray for his daughter, uh, what was the first thing that he did? He cleared the house, he cleared the house of doubters and scoffers and mockers and and he told them, he said, go, leave. And he, just him and his disciples and the mother and the father uh, walked into the room. Sorry, it wasn't Jarius. It was, uh, uh, I can't remember now. Maybe it was. But, and went in. It was Jarius. It was Jarius, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it, Sister Maynard? Don't we always do that at the, uh, the drama? 
and the devil. We throw the devil out. Isn't that Jerry's daughter? Okay, thank you. I figured I could pull it out of the drama if I couldn't get it from the Bible. But he, he cast them out. And um, what was he doing? Getting rid of doubt and fear, unbelievers. And so uh, on Sunday mornings, although we're going to see wonderful moves of God and we're going to see miracles because the power of God certainly falls uh, in uh, an incredible, magnificent way. I just believe that on Wednesday night, when we gather in here on a Wednesday night, full of the Holy Ghost, uh, dedicated, faithful individuals to the house of God uh, that have rearranged your schedule to be here. You've come to hear the teaching of the word. I just believe that as we go forward in this and we begin to touch God before service on Wednesdays and the Lord sees that and he recognizes what we're doing, he's going to begin to honor our faith. And um, we can begin to see miracles take place right here on Wednesday night. We can see God heal cripples. We can see God uh, heal migraines. We can see God heal diabetes, blindness, and death. And the list just, list just goes on and on. We can see people delivered from demonic spirits. Uh, we, we can see other kinds of deliverances. Uh, right here on Wednesday nights, we can see it happen right here in the house of the Lord. If you believe that, put your hands together. God, we thank you in advance. We rejoice in your presence in advance. God, we give you glory. We thank you for what you're going to do in our midst, Lord. We praise you and glorify your name and the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God wants the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the church. He wants to uh, move amongst us and to do uh, wonders and miracles. And there are uh, many, many reasons for that. A couple of them uh, we're going to touch on here tonight uh, so that we can build a proper foundation as we launch into the gifts of the Spirit. And so Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, when he begins to speak about the spiritual gifts. Everybody say spiritual gifts. And the first thing that we talked about a few Wednesday nights ago is that uh, if we are going to operate in the gifts, we need to recognize that these are spiritual gifts. They are not designed to operate in the flesh or with carnal thinking or carnal perception or carnal desires uh, of outcome uh, or self-exaltation uh, through the operation of the gifts. They are spiritual gifts. And uh, we learn that if we're going to be used in, the, uh, in these spiritual gifts, then we need to become spiritual. And uh, we, we don't mean that we're always walking with our heads in the cloud and we don't pay attention to the fact that uh, there are real things on the earth. But what we do mean is that we get into the word of God, we learn God, we learn uh, how the Lord wants us to use these gifts, uh, what we need to do to prepare our hearts and our minds uh, to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, we become spiritual. That means we learn about spiritual things. We devour spiritual things. And at the same time, uh, what do we do? We do away with carnal things. And so if we're going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, we're going to have to start trimming carnality out of our life. We're going to have to look 
into our lives and begin to study and look at ourselves, look at our habits, uh, look at what we do, uh, how we entertain the flesh, uh, the carnality uh, of our mind, our carnal mind, and all of these things. And we have to look at these things and uh, we have to begin to prune uh, ourselves and cut away uh, the things of the flesh if we're going to be used in the spirit. Can you say amen? How many of you know that's easier said than done? And most of us, in fact, that are here tonight, uh, we are already uh, sort of in the the groove, if you please, uh, of living for God. We're walking down that that path. We have uh, godly habits that are in our life. We read the Word of God. Uh, we have uh, consistent consistency in our prayer life. Uh, we have a, a desire to do what is right in the presence of the Lord. We have already cut away uh, the majority of uh, carnality out of our life. And so uh, for someone like you and I, what remains... Uh, is these carnal areas of our life that are so ingrained and so attached to us that it's very hard to separate ourselves from them. And so we have entered into the place where We've already cut off the easy part. We've already shoved away the things that are just, you know, obvious. We don't drink anymore, don't smoke anymore. We, uh, we stop cussing, most of us, and, and uh, you know, doing the things that are, uh, that are right and living a life that is good in the eyes of God. And so we've cut off all the big things. And so now the Lord wants to start dealing with the little things. The little foxes spoil the vine, right? And he wants to begin to get in our heart and in our minds and in our spirits and get deeper uh, into our lives uh, and begin to slowly show us things that uh, we need to let go of and and uh, break off, whatever it may be. It could be jealousy. Uh, it, uh, it could be envy, strife, bitterness, uh vengeance and or or maybe it's not things that are so bad it could uh, it could just be things that are not necessarily sins but Paul says uh they are weights and and he says laying aside the sin that so uh, easily beset us but he also says uh, laying aside the weights and so maybe we've laid aside the sin but we still got some corner weights that are kind of hanging around and uh, if we're going to be uh, get in tune with God and be used of God and used in the gifts of the spirit and operate in them without becoming uh, arrogant and, and self-exalted uh, then we need to let God work in these areas in our life and so everybody say the gifts are spiritual and then we learned last week that uh, they operate in love. And Pastor has preached on this particular subject uh, many times through the years. And uh, everything, every, everything about God is on the foundation of love. Uh, but the gifts of the Spirit, for sure, uh, operate through love. And so the motivation uh, is compassion and love. When Jesus, when the Bible says, uh, that Jesus healed them all. It first says he had compassion on them all. And he healed them all. He was uh, he didn't just heal to show his power. Do you understand that? Uh, you realize that Jesus 
walked by many people that needed healing, many people that needed deliverance. He didn't deliver everybody. He did not heal uh, everyone. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, because I know one guy he didn't heal. It was the lame guy at the gate called Beautiful that John and uh, Peter and John said, look on us. Uh, we don't have a lot, but what we have, we'll give you. He didn't heal that guy. And there's a lot of others he didn't heal that the Bible talks about that the apostles were used. And so he didn't heal everyone. Jesus didn't just go around healing people and using the gifts of the Spirit, uh, which of course were in him unlimited, uh, just simply to do them. It was motivated out of love. And what we have to understand, and uh, we, we don't have time to get into this really deep tonight, but what we need to understand is that... Uh, the love of God wants what's best for you. And what you and I might think is best may not actually be what's best. So God is not necessarily going to just bless you in a certain area or in a certain way just to do it. Uh, His blessings in your life are motivated by love. And the, and the greatest epitome of love from Jesus is the Bible says he came out of heaven and he died on the cross and he shed his blood that you and I could be saved and so the motivation of love is eternal salvation it is the uh, epitome it is the uh, pinnacle of, of what God is trying to do in my life and what God is trying to do in your life he, he's not just going to fix things just to fix them. He's motivated by love in our life. And the ultimate of that love is that you and I be saved. And the gifts of the Spirit operate the same way. They are motivated by love. My job, your job, is to get ourselves in the position that we can be used by God. But it's God that uses us. We can't make God do anything. Do you understand that? We can't believe hard enough to force the hand of God. We should be operating in the foundation of love. God hears this individual and uh, uh, they have this, uh, this need and I know you love them and you know it's best for them. But God, you work through humanity and so I'm going to lay hands on them and I'm going to believe you to heal them or bless them, provide for them, deliver them or whatever the case may be. Now, some people are bound in sin. And so we automatically know through the motivation of love that God desires to deliver everybody that's bound by a devil. Can you say amen? It is not the will of God that any man should perish, but that everybody should come to repentance. So we know that is the will of God, and we can use the gifts of Spirit in some ways that are very obvious, but there are others that they are not obvious. And if you and I are not operating in love, we might get disappointed. We might lose faith. We might get upset. We might get angry because certain things didn't happen a certain way. But if we're operating in love then the spirit can flow through us and we, we, we open up ourselves to be used by him but we operate the gifts in love and we know that we are the ones being used but God is the one that does the work amen praise God amen and we need to understand also that 
uh, the gifts have a purpose. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 2, it says, You know that you were Gentiles, Paul talking to the church of Corinth. He said, And uh, you were carried away with these dumb idols, even as ye were led, or as these idols and demons and spirits would just sort of lead you around. There's another area, another place where Paul the Apostle says, just like you used to yield your members uh, to sin, he said, now you need to yield your members unto God. And so Paul the Apostle says here, you were Gentiles, you were sinners, you worshipped idols, and you were led around, led around by those spirits. Paul the Apostle brings to the attention to these Gentiles that they are not to become confused on how the Spirit of God works in them and through them. And they should never compare how God works through them according to how the devil worked through them because Satan uh, operates through hatred, but God operates through love. Paul said we are not to be led of the things of old, but we are to be led of the Spirit when we are being used by the gifts of the Spirit. We are to push carnality out of our life. Remember the Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. When God blesses you with a gift, He's not going to take it away from you. This is why we must remain humble and repented and submitted and spiritual and sensitive to God so that we do not misuse the ways and the hands of God. Paul then tells them that it is by the Spirit of God that dwells in us that we praise our Lord Savior and that we recognize that He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Now remember, these three verses, uh, Paul is leading up to talking to them about the gifts of the Spirit. And so Paul starts out by telling the Gentiles uh, that when the, the Spirit comes, the same Spirit that's going to use you in healing and in knowledge and in faith and uh, all the gifts of the Spirit, that same Spirit that does these things uh, is the same Spirit that's going to cause you to recognize uh, that Jesus is Lord. If we're going to be used of the gifts of the Spirit appropriately, then Jesus Christ must be Lord in our life. This is what Paul is saying. That if you're going to be using these gifts I'm going to talk to you about, you need to make sure that God reigns in every area of your life. He said, in fact, that's the first thing that the Spirit does. He says no man can curse God in the Holy Ghost. He said in fact it's the Holy Ghost that reveals to us that He is indeed God. Amen. Amen. And so uh, if we are and or what we do or what we are and what we do everybody say must be 
about the kingdom of God. Paul is saying, I'm going to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit. But I need you to understand something first. Everything about the gifts of the Spirit is about Him. He is Lord. He is King. He is Christ. He is God. Everything is about Him. And everything is about His kingdom. Then when we are tempted, and we will be at times, to maybe use the gifts for our own glory... Maybe possibly we can understand that there is only one Lord and it is Him. Now the gifts of the Spirit are helpers of the body. Jesus taught, Jesus taught that after His ascension, the Holy Ghost would come and dwell in the hearts of believers. He calls in the book of John, He calls the, uh, the Holy Ghost, He calls that the Comforter. John chapter 14, verse number 16, he said, I'm going to pray the Father that he'll give you another comforter that he may come and abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, Jesus, of course, speaking of himself, and shall be in you, speaking of after the death, burial, resurrection, and the outpouring of the Spirit. Jesus said in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And so the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is called the Comforter. The word actually means one that comes alongside to help you. And so the Spirit comes to you and I to give us strength and power to do what God has called us to do. And when the Spirit comes, it comes with gifts. And God wants to use me and use you in these gifts. And and, and He tells us, He says, now go out into the world and preach this gospel and reach the lost. He said, but I'm going to be with you to the ends of the world. I'm going to come with you. I'm going to have an arm full of gifts and whoever we meet, wherever we go, wherever I call you, I will empower you. I will equip you. I will bless you. I will help you. These gifts are not designed for us to Exalt ourselves and be able to walk around and say, Oh my, 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 I, I am used by the gifts of the Spirit. I'm, I'm used in knowledge. I'm, I'm used in healing. Well, I'm, you know, it's self exaltation. Now, I think one of the reasons why the Lord doesn't use us as much as He would like to in these gifts is because we are babies in this area, we are children. And we are carnal and we are easily influenced. And I'm going to prove it to you. The church flocks people who may have the gift of healing. You got pastor bring someone here that's using the gift of healing. And you'll see people flocking here that follow them every, everywhere as they go. God never meant for the gifts to be used that way. He never meant for the church to idolize a man or a woman who's being used by the gifts. The very first thing Paul said, remember, no matter how much you're used by the gifts or how much somebody else is used, they are the exaltation of Jesus Christ. But you and I, we exalt men. Oh, yes, we do. 
they're used in a certain area, and they do it, and we exalt them. And we want to we wanna flock to them. And, and because of that, we are immature, and we are babies in this area. And God wants us to grow up. Brother T.F. Tinney uh, put it years ago. He called uh, the gifts of the Spirit the dancing hand of God. And he says if a church has made themselves available to God and positioned themselves in God to be used of God, yes, there are certain people we know that according to the word of God who receive certain gifts. But God is all-powerful. He has the right to use any of you at any time in any area of the major nine gifts, but there are many more than nine. He, to use you in any area of these gifts if we make ourselves available unto him. Because they are not for the edification of men. They are for the edification of Jesus Christ and they are for the edification of the body as a whole and they are for the drawing of the loss amen and so this spirit Paul said it comes Jesus says it comes alongside you Paul the apostle was saying at one time to when he was talking to the Corinthians there he said you were led by demonic spirits but now God wants to lead you by his spirit you used to be used by demonic spirits but now you're going to be used by the Holy Spirit that is what Paul was trying to get in their heads according to John uh, the verses 14 uh, through 16 the spirit would teach the disciples and guide them in the truth, causing them to remember and to understand the teachings of the Lord. This is what the Holy Ghost would come and it would do. It is a comforter. The gifts of the Spirit are to come and help the church, uh, to strengthen the church, to strengthen you and to strengthen I, to edify the church and to lift it up and to edify the body. It's the reason for the gifts of the Spirit. One of the reasons, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Wherefore I give unto you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Paul the Apostle makes it plain that the Spirit of God comes into a man. And that the same Spirit that comes into him is the same Spirit that uses him in gifts as I said earlier. And it is the same Spirit that gives you the knowledge and the understanding of who God is. Now look at 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. The word of the Lord says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Everybody say, the gifts are for everybody. Or in this case, for the body, Paul is specifically referring to. Immediately, now watch this, immediately after listing the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12, Paul the Apostle begins to talk about the body of Christ, how that the body has many members and how that they have different functions, but they're all designed to work together to benefit the entire body. Paul the Apostle was linking the gifts of the Spirit into that. He was trying to get you and I to understand nobody has the right to take ownership of any gift or any area of God when we are used by God we must humble ourselves understand that we were honored and blessed by him to be used of the spirit but if God lifts that and goes to someone else we ought to rejoice at what God is doing for the body
You have to be careful when you begin to be used of the Spirit or of the gifts that you don't try to take possession or ownership of that. It is clear that God does not bestow spiritual gifts primarily to just uh, benefit an individual. It never is. It is, although it will bless that individual, no doubt, but it is always for the body. He's always been about the body. The gifts of the Spirit about confirming the word. When the man of God is preaching, Mark 16 and 20, I may kind of run through these if you can't get to them. Uh, uh, brother, that's perfectly fine. Mark 16 and 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Everybody say, the Lord working with them. Now, uh, the Bible says, and confirming the word with signs following. It's repeated in Hebrews chapter 2 and 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him. Acts chapter 3 and verse 11. And as the lame man uh, which was healed, uh, which was which was healed, uh, held Peter and John. Now watch this. All the people did what? They ran together to them uh, in the porch that is called Solomon's, uh, greatly wondering uh, what was God doing. He was using one of the gifts of the Spirit to do what? To confirm the Word of God. And this is what I love what Paul the Apostle said. He said, I have not come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. I have come to you in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost a confirmation of the word of God I know God confirms his word through the move of his spirit I know we see wonderful things but I believe God wants to begin to confirm his word through the working of the gifts of the spirit in this congregation I believe we're beginning to mature I believe we're beginning to grow we gotta cut off carnality we gotta walk in the spirit we got to make ourselves available and we must become kingdom minded so that when those gifts operate it's about the kingdom it's about blessing and edifying our brothers and our sisters it's about drawing the laws when they see the hand of God now miracles will never save anybody you can be crippled and be you can be lost and be crippled and God can heal you and you can die lost whole. <clears throat> miracles do not heal you, but the gifts of the Spirit can certainly or miracles do not save you, but the gifts of the Spirit can certainly draw the lost. And then it is the Word of God that we are begotten by. It is the Word of God that then divides those. Who just came for the fishes and loaves and those who actually came for him, the one who's doing the teaching and the one who is the lover of the soul. Supernatural gifts do not replace the word of God. And, and this is what happens, what I was talking about earlier. People fall around, people who have uh, uh, gifts, and they just got to follow them around. And then you've met those people that they got to they gotta run to every little uh, individual that's used in the word of knowledge. And do you have a word from the Lord for me? Yes, I do. It's called the Bible. The Bible. That's your word. Go read it. 
But what do they do? They follow these people around. Oh, tell me today. Tell me today. Tell me today. Tell me today. You've met them. You know them. Uh, if they don't hear a fresh new word from some man or, or woman prophesying to them, uh, they get all discouraged and they get all down and out. Why? Because they're letting the gifts of the Spirit replace the Word of God, replace the preaching of the Word. We are not begotten by the gifts of the Spirit. We are begotten by the Word of God. Gifts, when the gifts begin to operate in this church, there'll never be a day, there'll never be a moment, there'll never be a time that we allow them to replace the absolute unadulterated preaching of the Word of God. Some churches got so caught up into this stuff through the, uh, through the years and, and where they didn't even have the preaching of the word anymore. They'd come together and God would begin to move. I assume that was God. And I remember uh, one preacher saying that, that was caught up in this. This was about 10, 12 years ago. And I remember him saying, now it's time to leave the pages of the written uh, word and go into the, uh, the spiritual word. Friend, the moment you leave the written word, you have no guidance you are not God you do not know what is truth you don't know what is good and what is bad you don't know what is devil and what is God you say well yeah I can feel it I got news for you Satan will manifest himself as an angelic being he is powerful and he understands the only God that you and have you and I have is the word of God we can never leave the word of God we almost always must stay in the word of God shout hallelujah Timothy says I only got a few minutes Timothy says and that from a child Paul speaking to Timothy from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise uh, uh, to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus he said all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that man uh, that the man of God uh, may be perfect thoroughly finished to all good works only the word of God can do that for us the gifts of the spirit will never replace doctrine it will never replace the word of God that gives me and you direction you're always chasing around looking around trying to find give me a word give me direction uh, show me the past show me something new you'll never go anywhere in God you gotta get in the word you gotta learn the word you gotta let the word lead you let the word guide you let the spirit reveal the truth of the word of God to you Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 29, let the prophet speak two or three and let others judge. You're running around uh, seeking the word uh, of, of knowledge. When Paul the apostle says, you ought to sit and listen and then judge. But how are you going to judge if you don't know the word? The moment a gift steps, steps out of that word, it is not from God. I don't care how much they talk in tongues, 
how, how much glory appears to wrap around them. It doesn't matter how many demons they cast out, how many people they raise from the dead. It doesn't matter how many cripples walk. You say, but isn't that the Lord? The Lord said when he split the goats from the sheep, he said, uh, he said to them, or they came to him, they said, but Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We, we healed the blind in your name. We, we did all of these miracles. We were used in the gifts of the Spirit, and we used your name to do it. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Somewhere's in there, they left the word. Somewhere's in there, they became self-exalted. And so we must understand that the gifts of the Spirit are for the edification of the church, the glorification of Jesus Christ, and for the drawing of the lost. That's why God uses the gifts of the Spirit. It's not about us. Coming to a close, Galatians 1 and 8. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Amen. Supernatural gifts do not replace spiritual leadership. I've seen it happen. I've seen pastor give instruction, and then that person didn't like the instructions. So they went and found a man of God that has no investment in their soul whatsoever. And, and let them say a little word. And here's the problem with that, is that you... Or interpreting what's being said to you. So you are hearing and filtering it into your system. And you are making yourself hear what you want to hear. And you've already gone there in the wrong spirit and wrong attitude. Because you've already disobeyed the man of God. You'll be lost. The gifts of the spirit do not override leadership. Never. The Bible says that the Spirit is subjected to the prophet. Amen. As in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians discussed that God had given the fivefold ministry to the church, and I'm closing, for the equipping of the saints. And he has given pastors and evangelists and prophets and teachers and, uh, and apostles to lead and guide, the pastors to feed the sheep and to be uh, the man of God that looks out for your soul. Apostles come and go. Prophets come and go. Evangelists come and go. Even teachers come and go. But pastors stay. Pastors or shepherds. They are, they are the ones that God puts in a local area to govern and to lead and to guide a local congregation and to instruct them in the Word of God. There is nothing more sacred or powerful in your life than a pastor. Amen. When my two pastors died, when mine died, I went on, I went on an errand. I had to have a pastor. I wasn't going to be pastorless. I know that's not a word, but it works tonight. I had to find me, a, uh, find me a pastor. Amen. And so I brought actually several men into my life. But, um, and so we must be led and guided. The supernatural uh, gifts do not replace daily guidance from God that we should receive through prayer and fasting and studying and the Word of God. 
This is what I'm saying to you, to us. The gifts of the Spirit are tools to assist us in our walk with God. They are not to replace our walk with God. Nor are they to be a judge of how close we may think we are to God. Right? Closeness to God doesn't come on how God uses you. I've seen men mightily used of God only to find out that they were living in sin. You know people, saints, used of God only to find out they were living in sin. Why? Because be sure your sins will find you out. They're not getting away with anything. But God is reaching for the lost. And if he gave that man or that woman a gift, he's going to use that gift. And if they let him use that gift, he's going to use that gift through them and reach as many people as he possibly can. He doesn't have to judge them for their sin. Sin will judge you itself. Amen. Let's stand. Now listen to pastor. I close with this. Super natural experiences do not provide shortcuts to spiritual maturity people think well if i could see an angel i would i would have all the faith in the world no you wouldn't supernatural experiences do not take you from a and move you over to the letter r you must go through every single step with God. And He may give you supernatural experiences. Now, how fast you go through those steps is up to you and to the Lord. Some of us go a little slower. We're a little thicker. A little harder to learn. Some, we, you've seen them. Man, they, they just went, went right through that. And uh, God continued to use them. He is, and, and being used uh, of the gifts of the Spirit is not a stamp of spiritual maturity or spiritual authority or, um, or spirituality at all in general. Being used of the gifts of the Spirit is that when we position ourselves and God honors us with that gift, or if we position ourselves, we may not have the actual gift. Um, I do not have the gift of tongues or interpretation of tongues, but I have been used in the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues uh, on more than one occasion. But I don't have that gift. Sister Monica Taylor has that gift. God uses her all the time. I wish we had two or three more so we don't wear out Monica Taylor. And, um, and we're going to get into all of that uh, as we, uh, as we continue, continue on. One more thing, and I'm done. God bestows the supernatural gifts of the Spirit to glorify Jesus Christ, to edify the church, and strengthen the, uh, strengthen the believers, and to draw the sinner to Him. And if we can keep this on that foundation and understand that the gifts of the Spirit are tools. 
and they are not an insignia of your spirituality or your closeness to God or your knowledge or your wisdom or, um, or any of these things. And so I want us as a church to grow and to get into the position. But there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. We must position ourselves as a church to be used of God in these areas. And that requires spirituality. Why? Because they are spiritual gifts. That requires operating in love. And that is probably the one that will hinder us the most. Is truly operating in love. Unbiased uh, love. No matter who, no matter where, no matter what. Love flows. God flows through love. And then tonight, we must always remember and recognize why the gifts are used. For the edification or the glorification of Jesus Christ. The edification of the body. And for the drawing of the loss unto the Lord. So we're going to pray. We're not going to come down to the front, but we're going to pray real quick. And just ask God to continue to open up our minds. And to ask God to help you position yourself to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Wouldn't it be phenomenal if God started using you mightily in one of these gifts? Wouldn't it be incredible? Now let me just, real quick, I'm done. What if God uses you in the word of knowledge and reveals things to you? If you're not operating in love, do you know how much damage you can do? So the gifts operate in love. They operate in love. So let's pray and ask the Lord together to position us. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the teaching of the word of the Lord. God, we want to be used by you. We want the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the congregation more than it ever has. God, we have seen you in the past do miracles. We have seen cancers healed. Lord Jesus, we have, we have seen demons cast out. We have seen the word of knowledge. We have seen many miracles of different forms and fashions. And Father, we just pray, God, but we want to see it become consistent in the body, in your body, Lord, that you might be uh, glorified. That when someone comes, they will glorify you because of the gifts of the Spirit that are operating. Lord, that the church might be edified. That the world might see that this is indeed the body of Christ. And that they might be drawn. Father, we are praying tonight, help us to position ourselves in such a way to be used by the gifts of the Spirit. God, I pray that you would put this desire upon us. Your word says, desire the best gifts. Lord, put this desire upon us that we would pray and seek the face of God and desire to be used of you in the gifts of the Spirit. Let this church be, to learn how to travail. Help us to mature. God, to grow up and to mature so that you can trust us in using us as a church in the gifts of the Spirit. And everybody say amen. And so we need to add to our prayer list um, for yourself, Lord, I want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. 
Begin to ask him. You have not because you ask not. And then pray for the church. Pray for the church. God, move amongst us. Use us mightily in Jesus' name. Sister Ellison, do you have a question or something? Did someone hear that? I didn't hear a word you said. Now, I didn't run over. She's making me go past eight. What are we praying about? Give me a couple ladies with Sister uh, Ellison. We're going to pray for Jamie with breast cancer. And, of course, we're going to believe God that she'll also come to church so we can anoint her with oil and pray for her. we got to have sick if we're going to see the gift of healing, right? Amen. So we're praying to be using the gifts of the Spirit. You're going to start seeing some crazy stuff walk through those doors. I'm just warning you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray right now in the power of the Holy Ghost. God, you see this precious sister. Lord, that Sister Ellison is standing in the place for Lonnie's friend. I speak in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We curse this breast cancer that the doctors have found. God, they have brought it to our attention. And now we bring it to your attention. Father, touch it now with the hand of healing. Let the gift of healing operate in her body. That you might be glorified, the church might be edified, and that she might be drawn unto you. I speak it in Jesus' name. Be healed of that breast cancer in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. Give God praise for it. Amen. All right. God bless you. I love you. Dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you for being faithful on Wednesday night. I love what the Lord is doing on Wednesday nights. Remember Sunday, 1045. Pray for my brother Harmon. I'm going to be baptizing him here in a couple of days. Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost.